RTL Original Podcast. Whether you're a musician, a music lover, or a gig goer, you'll have heard the name Michel Velter. He has been a booker at Denatelier since 2008 and a managing partner since 2015. Having studied music business at New York University, we can say that from early on, this man knew that music was not just a passion, but it would be his reason to get up every morning. We sit down to talk about his career in music in a country like Luxembourg and hopefully get some tips for those who would like to follow in his footsteps into the music industry. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Hi there. First of all, thank you for being here. It was a tough gig, excuse the pun, to get both our schedules in sync to make this happen and invite you into the studio. Let's blame it on the pandemic. Yes, exactly. It got in the way. But you're here in person. And for me, that was really important. So we managed. Um, So we'll start from the beginning. We're going to talk a bit about your childhood and it'll be a little bit personal, but I wanted to ask what you were like as a child and whether you were always into music. Uh, yes, I was always into music. I was, um, my mum was a uh, pianist, of she played the piano um, very regularly at home. So, uh, and my father listened to music uh, all the time. So I was really confronted to music from very early, early childhood on. Mm-hmm. Only classical music, I have to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, I obviously then did the uh, obligatory um, uh, conservatoire and classical music uh, studies in Luxembourg as well during primary school. Yeah, so those were my, my first experiences with music. Um, eventually I stopped after four years. Um, I don't know, it's something I regret, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I picked up uh, an electric guitar when I was about, I would say, third, 14, 14-ish. Again, the compulsory rock band and grew the hair long and listened to alternative rock music, played in a band and, and, and a few concerts. And yeah, the, those were really the first steps into the music. But I w- I've always been interested in music. My mom actually says that, well, she told me once, uh, I was as a kid, always singing or whistling. <laughs> so um, now music has always been a part of, of, mm-hmm. uh, of my life. Can we go back to the conservatoire? When you studied there, did that change your love of music in any way? Did the studying of it change it? No, the understanding. Uh, I think it was very important that I did it. I didn't have... Um, as it's it's a bit, when you start these studies, I don't even know how old you are, about eight or nine ish. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And to my my feeling, my gut feeling tells me it's probably a bit too early, or the studies are wrong. They're not adapted to the kids who are that young because you don't really understand the world you are being confronted with because mm-hmm. it's it's basically a new language that you learn. Mm-hmm. and and uh, you, you don't understand what an orchestra you know what an orchestra is but you don't know how it works and and so you really start without understanding anything as a small kid and i think it was just uh, from the uh, pedagogy mm-hmm. it, it's probably it wasn't probably i don't want to blame it on on, no, on no, the no, conservatoire no. that i didn't <laughs> do it obviously not but um i think there it, it maybe it could have been done better Mm-hmm. I think today it already is, and they they have now different classes. Um, 
When you say that you regret not continuing uh, with music, why do you think that is? Ultimately, I would have liked to become a musician. Mm -hmm. It's not too late. It's what this podcast is about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, let's keep it at the dream level. Uh, no, I, I, I realized that I wasn't probably, probably I did not really have the skills or, I don't know, I don't know. I don't, I regret not uh, not finishing these studies or going further, but uh, I don't regret the career choices I, I, mm-hmm. I, I did. Because you stayed close to music. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You said you picked up the electric guitar. Is that something that you still play today in your own time? Uh, not since I've uh, become a dad. Okay. Uh, no, I did quite actively play music, uh, always as a hobby, not professionally and without the intention of being a professional musician. Mm-hmm. I did really as a hobby just to, to have some balance and, and to enjoy time with, uh, with a bunch of friends um, for years, actually. And uh, yeah, when you become a dad and you have a job and a family, it's, it's already a lot to juggle. And so now nah, I quit about two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. What could be something that you pick up again? I I will definitely do so, yes. That's for sure. Then you went on to study um, music business in New York. Is that right? Not really. Okay. And it was actually quite decisive. I first went to uh, Brussels where I studied at ISHEC, which is a fancy-pancy business school. uh, Quite tough, actually. And um, I finished it after four years. And I basically finished it without really knowing what to do. I, I had this fancy degree. Uh, I could probably, I probably would have the choice of the career path I, I would have liked here in Luxembourg. But um, yeah, I was always working during summer holidays and, and did quite a few internships in very cool companies during that time at, at university. And I realized that... Um, Maybe, yes, maybe I'm not, I haven't arrived yet at a place where I know what to do. Mm -hmm. I I worked in these companies and I knew that the the product or the service I'm going to sell, I need to be passionate about it. And uh, if I learned one thing at university, then it's really that recognition or that intuition that you you need to do something you're passionate about. You're going to be stuck uh, so many hours with it. So so try, try to do something you are passionate about and, and that you don't get bored of quickly. Because basically I got bored very quickly at the internships. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't have a problem doing Excel uh, spreadsheets for hours and hours, but at least the product behind it needs to be interesting. I need to be motivated and I need to understand it. And that was really what I was lacking when I finished um, uh the university in Brussels and I basically decided to and I was lucky to have the opportunity to go study further to combine my business studies with my passion the music and I was Mm -hmm. looking for for music degrees music business degrees and there was one in London and one in New York and and, and I'm very happy that I had the opportunity to to go to New York. Mm -hmm. I think that you're very lucky that you very early on realized and recognized the importance of enjoying what you do. Because I think that to other people, to many other people, it takes time to recognize that. It takes having several jobs. You know, you realize within the internships how important it was to be passionate 
Um, I did work a lot, though. I mean, I I did suffer through quite a few <laughs> internships, <laughs> but but I can be very stubborn. Yes, I I agree, and I can be very stubborn to uh, not do something or to do something, and and I think that's something which is important. Was it a bit of a burden that you had such a fancy business degree under your belt? Did you feel that that gave a pressure? I should do something with this. Uh, no, no, not at all. It was to me. I see it as an, a huge opportunity. Um, as I as I decided to come back to Luxembourg, that was obviously another decision to make. Do I stay in New York uh, because I was actually offered a position in New York? Or do I come back to Luxembourg where I knew that there's going to be quite a few um, um, uh, cultural institutions that were going to open. Philharmonie was about to open, uh, Abino Münster was about to open, Rockhall was already starting to, to be built. So I knew that there are going to be quite a few opportunities in the cultural world that were going to open up. And um, yeah, the decision was basically, so do I stay in New York and be a very small fish in a very big pond, or do I go back to Luxembourg, where I probably have the opportunity to be a bigger fish in a small pond? Mm -hmm. Obviously, I chose the latter. And um, no, I think the degree opened quite a lot of doors just by the fact that you're a Luxembourgish person having such a degree. There are not many people with, with such a degree. So I think mm -hmm. uh, whenever they read my resume, they went, oh, look at this. Mm -hmm doesn't really play in my favor because <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it's but but it was a tremendous experience I, I had very very cool internships and jobs it was in two two incredible years mm -hmm. let's speak about your parents were they supportive of your decision to study in new york how did they influence that they were very very supportive yes um very supportive because I finished my business degree and I had something serious in hand and um, but very very supportive and uh, morally and financially obviously because you mm -hmm. need to be able to study I mean I did six years at university you need to be able to 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 do six years of studies without being able to support yourself financially so mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm very thankful th for that and morally as well it's yeah. so important right? <laughs> you know they're yeah. not they're, they're not like oh here's another here's another year that we have to waste you know yeah. that, that it's good that they were encouraging of that it, it's it's really been a privilege and i do realize it and and i'm thankful for it mm -hmm. when you first went to new york to do your studies did you feel like oh i'm from luxembourg this is so big this is new york did oh, yes. that ever, did that happen yeah, yeah absolutely what was that like quite scary mm -hmm. it's a it's a it's a memory which is really engraved i remember <laughs> yeah i'm not kidding I'm, I'm really not kidding it's it's a memory that's uh with the there were two of us patrick a very very good friend of mine we arrived on actually september 9th 2001 in new york in in john street with our big um, luggage and all of our life was crammed in this luggage and we th we just realized that you arrive in this huge city noisy smelly stinky aggressive and uh, yeah everything is new and 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 it was very scary i have to say but also very exciting yeah 
And you'd already studied in Brussels, so you'd already left Luxembourg before, but it was nothing like going to New York, right? No, you can't compare it. Yeah, culturally, Brussels everything, is, yeah. Brussels is really a provincial uh, capital and New York is, is like a metropole, so it's mm-hmm. completely, completely different. Did you thrive in that environment or do you think that it made you want to go home? Like it made you think, right, I do miss Luxembourg. I didn't miss Luxembourg for a bit. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it was amazing because uh, because um, um, you got to meet like-minded people who were basically... I mean, I remember I had a discussion with a person before going to New York. He was telling me, why would you go and study this? Why would you do it? Yeah. Uh, like this, this n- not understanding or not believing that you will be actually able to find a job in such a position. And uh, I made fun of him because he basically become, became an, 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 a teacher, mm-hmm. a professor, which I think everybody everybody has different uh, priorities. I mean, um, so, so yeah, it's, 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 it's a weird feeling. But mm-hmm. um, no, it was an, an, an absolutely amazing opportunity you meet like-minded people and, and uh, I mean, I, I can't remember if I went to so many, there wasn't a time where, where I went to so many shows. Uh, yeah, I mean, we saw so many shows. I mean, it was just amazing and so many bands and so many, one of the teachers, for instance, uh, our law teacher was the manager of Jeff Buckley. Mm. And and personally, that was an, an artist I really, really liked and, you know, his manager is teaching you the music business or the music law class. It's just, I mean, you're flabbergasted, I would say. I bet you paid attention. Oh, yes. I, <laughs> I mean, there were some classes which are absolutely boring and yeah. absolutely useless. I mean... But not that one. <laughs> I'm not oblivious to that, to, to, to that but uh, yeah. Um, when you look at your career, do you have a moment where you felt like it clicked and you're like, okay, I'm doing the right thing? Yeah. When was that moment? The moment I uh, I worked for um, for this is quite personal. The moment I worked for Rockhall, I worked for Rockhall for two years, mm-hmm. which is a public institution, and and I'm at heart I'm really more an, of an entrepreneur than than an an, an employee public. Let's put it that way. And uh, the moment I approached uh, Laurent Lochetta and one of the associates of Atelier, and I asked him if I could join the Atelier. Mm-hmm. That was. Uh, that was quite a moment. Mm-hmm. And Laurent is uh, entrepreneurial. So, oh, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> definitely the right direction if that's where you want to go. Um, what has been the biggest challenge in your career, would you say? Uh, the pandemic. Handling, handling the last year. Mm-hmm. I was going, yeah. Has, has, been, has been completely, um, I mean, surreal. If you would, if you would have asked us in, in February 2020... Can you imagine closing down for? <laughs> I would say, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And uh, in the end, it happened, and uh, you need to to face it, and you need to to stay calm, and 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 yeah, try to put the business through this stress. I would say. How is the current situation looking, and how do you feel the pandemic has changed everything going forward? Yeah, I mean, there's there's the business as usual, and I'm 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 not very confident when the business as usual is going to come back because um, 
I think it's going to be opened up gradually. That's what we are seeing now. Um, hopefully the vaccines will will at some point have more impact than it has right now. Uh, but to a situation where we can put a thousand people, where you can put where you can cramp a thousand people, mm. sweating people, into the atelier, three people per square meter with a beer and shouting. I think that moment will have to be patient. I don't know when that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Hopefully end of the year, maybe next year, who knows. So that's one thing. Now the business adapts and there will be uh, there will be uh, shows happening very likely this summer as well, but it's going to be uh, shows that will be subject to 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 measures, sanitary measures which are quite quite uh, quite tough for the organizer and for the artist. So, um, yeah, the business has changed. It will adapt. Shows will happen during the summer. I'm quite confident about it, but it's going to be confined shows, as I'd like to call them. And But when the business is going to come back, as we knew it, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. And I'm... I've learned in the past year to be pessimistic. It's better to be to have a good surprise than to be disappointed. <laughs> That's the kind of motivation we need on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, positive thinking. <laughs> Pre-COVID, you had worked on some really cool things like open air festivals, like Sirens Call, and also Rockerfield. I was really excited that all these open air festivals were changing the music scene in Luxembourg and bringing something that perhaps was missing. What was it like to work on something like that? And can you share the highs and lows um, of big projects like that? And, and a festival is the Rolls Royce of, of shows you can organise. It's really the most complicated. It's the most exciting. It's, it all happens so fast and so quick. And the preparation is very long and... Obviously, the budgets engaged are really, really high, and so it's very exciting. It's very, uh, it gives you really an adrenaline rush. I mean, these are very long days and very high energy, and you need to be very focused. And so it's very, very exciting. Yes, absolutely. And it's exciting from the beginning to the start. It's exciting to build the lineup. It's exciting to plan the production. It's exciting to handle the artists on the day of the show. It's exciting to to look after the public, and it's exciting to, yeah. What is less less exciting <laughs> is the financial results we achieved with such a project because it was just, yeah, it's just huge, huge budgets, and and we quite didn't manage to 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 come out of this positively, mm -hmm. financially speaking. So we basically jeopardized the company over the course of two two or three days, which is every, every company audit would tell you, are you stupid? Why are you doing that? So eventually we have to we have to come to the conclusion <laughs> that it might be a better idea to stop doing such a festival because I mean I don't want to say that Luxembourg does not have the potential. I'm going to be a bit more humble. I'm going to say that we didn't manage to get the product or get the, the festival to respond to what is available in Luxembourg. Mm -hmm. we, we tried to move the lineup a bit around, try to be a bit more poppy. We added acts like, I don't know, um, Dead Mouse in there to get more electronic music mm -hmm. in there, but a bit more pop uh, music in there. Uh, rap, we even had rap acts, but we somehow we didn't manage to find our audience. 
maybe we did a bad job. Maybe the potential in Luxembourg is not there. I mean, we had Muse play in front of 15,000 people. You put on Muse in, in England or, or in, in France, they play in front of 150,000. Mm -hmm. So maybe, yeah, maybe it's a bit of both. Who knows? Will that always be the challenge for doing something on that scale in Luxembourg? It's the number of people attending. For festival, I believe so. Yes. Yeah, there's a limit, isn't there? Yeah, because there's there's a sort of a sort of a threshold. Because if you if you if this is your public, you you really you are really in competition with very big festivals uh, in foreign countries, and these are way larger than you. So mm -hmm. so uh, I think you need to be careful where to go financially speaking, where to position yourself, and. Um, Yeah, we sort of decided to to focus on on big open air headline shows with the same capacity, even more. Mm -hmm. I mean, with Rammstein, we had the biggest uh, uh, paying public um, uh, we ever had. So we tried to focus on these what we call a headline show and not really a festival, which we are still doing. We have uh, we have uh, some coming up <laughs> in 22. It's not announced yet, but in 22 at uh, in front of Lux Expo, which are going to be very big open air shows as well. And um, but the festival is still very important, and it's it's the Rolls Royce, as I said. So we created Sirens Call afterwards to have like this this uh, boutique festival. And Sirens Call works, right? Financially, it works. Ah. I'm hoping so, anyway, because I really enjoyed it. <laughs> it's financially, it's it's very very difficult uh, to 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 reach break even, even with Sirens Call. But uh, the budget is way more easygoing. So it's it's not the same amounts that are engaged. And as a company, it's way more, it's easier. Mm -hmm. But no, breaking even with the Sirens Call, no, not yet. When you have gigs in Luxembourg, a lot of people in bordering countries are interested to come because it means that they get closer to the front. It means that there's less people. They can get tickets more easily. How much? Cheaper. Uh, how much have you capitalized on that? I would say not much. Mm -hmm. I would say not much because uh, it's always a struggle and it's a struggle both ways. It's a struggle to get the act and it's a struggle to sell the tickets. Mm -hmm. um, yes, there are some people who enjoy uh, Luxembourg as in uh, Luxembourg with its venues. Um, I think people particularly enjoy uh, the atelier Rüde Hollerich. Mm -hmm. And uh, when it comes to rock hall, the opinions might already be a bit more devised. I'm, I'm, I'm already not so sure. Yeah. Um, I think that the public, especially the international pub public, quite enjoys the Neumünster Abbey. So I'm not sure. I think this is really a venue per venue uh, situation. situation and yeah. you can't really generalize and say that foreign or not resident people enjoy the Luxembourgish venues. I'm not sure you can really generalize. Mm -hmm. uh, what I am, what I can generalize is that artists, they do not really, they are not really interested in Luxembourg. That's for sure. I mean, they have no, Luxembourg is not even accounted for with regards to, to uh, album sales. Right. So they, they, they can't manage their impact of playing a show here. Um, there's, I mean, No offense, but the press in Luxembourg is really a national press, and 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 so the impact of a show in the media 
It's quite internal. It's, it's quite it? internal and yeah. quite low for an act, for an international act. I don't know, you pick one. Kings of Leon, they release a new album. They want to be in Paris. They want to have Le Soir present. They want to have, you name it. They mm -hmm. want to have the big media. Nothing against luck. I mean, I'm not complaining at all. Yeah. But that's the reality of the artist from, from yeah. the artist's perspective. So the impact really is what do I get paid? Yeah. In the end of the day, the artist wants big money and if you if you want to have them in Luxembourg you need to pay them big money mm -hmm. you've got to think about it from their point of view right yeah and they yeah. don't they do not have any important media impact or sale album sales or whatever that's that's just the way it is mm -hmm. and they want to play the big festivals because they want to have the big slots want to have the exposure and when you tell them yeah well, come play sirens call yeah what's your capacity uh 2500 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, given that, do you have any advice for people growing up studying in Luxembourg who would like to do a job like yours? Um, <laughs> one thing is, I think they should feel very, very lucky, to be very honest, because in the opportunities in Luxembourg and the, the ease with which you can get cool jobs... It's quite amazing, to be very honest. Go to Paris, go to London, go to New York or go to the US and 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 try to find a cool job. I mean, competition in Luxembourg for one position is quite low, to be very honest. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest for once. So I think it's 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 an opportunity to live here in Luxembourg and, and try to find a job in Luxembourg. I think it's fairly... You get a lot of help. It's easy. You, you, you know all the institutions. It's easy to find the information. It's easy to, to get to know people. It's easy to... I think it's fairly easy. And I think students or people should realize it and take advantage of it mm -hmm. in the end. Take advantage of that situation. Because in, 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 in foreign, foreign cities, big cities, it's going to be much tougher. Mm -hmm. And you will start way, way low. You go get the coffee. Yeah. Yeah. You will go get the coffee yeah. for a couple of years yeah. with your uh, business degree. Well, you're probably lucky to be the one getting the coffee in the first place, in, right? In, yeah, but in go, um, that's my second advice, yeah. is to go out and, and uh, go out of Luxembourg and broaden your horizon, work in, go get the coffee, basically. <laughs> <laughs> go get the coffee for a couple of years, because I think it's, it's th that experience has been, has, been of, has been very, very beneficial for me. Mm -hmm. Um And then in the end, uh, it's probably my last advice because I'm not sure I'm a good advice giver. Um, you need to be, you need to have very high tenacity. You need, you, the ones succeeding are always the ones who are very tenacious. Yes. Is that a word? Yes, it is. Who are very tenacious and you cannot, you cannot let go after one failure or two failures then you won't make it and you will eventually fail at some point mm -hmm. and you will lose money or you will lose time and uh, the ones succeeding are the ones who can overcome this and, and take it to their advantage uh, and you see it in every i see it in in every um sector you see it in the film you see it in in arts you see it in music um, it's you need to be tenacious and it's going to be very tough and if it's not going to be tough it's going to be stolen mm -hmm. Where do you see yourself in the next 10, 20 years, whether it's personally or in your career? What's your vision um, for the next two decades? 
two decades, it's too long. Uh, my first priority is going to come the crisis and make sure that all of my staff is still here in one year. That's mm -hmm. my that's my biggest uh, uh, fight right now and my biggest wish. Our business is very uh, peculiar in a sense that uh, we are exposed to a double conjuncture. I don't know how you say in English. Conjuncture is, um, oh my God, the variance of offer. Okay. So sometimes you have a high demand for something mm -hmm. and sometimes you have a low demand. Mm -hmm. It depends on how much money people got or envy or do they really like to do it or maybe now we don't feel like going to a live show anymore. Mm -hmm. We want to stay at home or so that's conjuncture. And we have a double conjuncture. Our, our business is very fluctuating. We had years in 2014 and 15 were very, very bad, bad years, but very bad years in two senses. First of all, there were not many acts touring. If you sell bread, um, we, uh, wheat mm -hmm. is going to be available all the time. Our artists are not always available. And there are some years where there are just not as many artists touring. So the product we are selling, it is very futile, I would say. Mm -hmm. And in 2014, particularly, we had trouble to get we, had, we really struggled to get a lineup together we struggled to get big shows to uh, to rock hall we struggled to get very good uh, shows into the atelier so it's a question of availability of acts first second do people want to buy tickets and how much money are they willing to 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 spend so there are these two factors who really make our business uh, fluctuating quite a lot and that is very uncertain yeah And where I want to put my business in is a situation where we have more certainty and we are more stable and we are less subject to fluctuations because fluctuations make me nervous. I get older, <laughs> I get bald, I have kids now. <laughs> so that's, that's the position where I want to put the company in is to diversify the activities into a model where we are less subject to fluctuations, which can come from my customers and from my artists. And uh, that may basically means diversifying the services you, I mean, I'm, I'm all business now, but it's mm -hmm. what I do. And, and, and so really diversify the services that we offer. Mm -hmm. That's the only way to survive, right? If you don't, if you can't deal with the uncertainty. I mean, you can survive. There are quite, quite a lot of companies who survive quite well, but I don't want to have that stress. And I yeah. don't think that my employees want to have the stress and certainly not the associates of the company. Yes. What would you tell your 18-year-old self? That's my last question. It's always my last question. What would you, if you could go back and see little Michelle, um, what would you say to your 18-year-old self? Do it all again. Do it all again. I mean, uh, don't hesitate. But I don't think that I hesitated too much. But uh, no, nah, do it all again. No regrets. Fonce. Yeah. Yalla. <laughs> great thank you so much it was an absolute pleasure and uh, thank you for being so honest as well um, really appreciate that and I hope you enjoyed looking back at your career and looking forward at what you will do as well and we look forward to uh, many more hopefully gigs and events happening in Luxembourg and we hope that it won't be too long until we can all be crammed in a hot and sweaty room together enjoying music yelling out the words as you said so thank you again and see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Mine.